Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Third Banner Pod. This is an episode let's go! It's game week. Game, game week, week, boys and girls. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Uh, tonight we've got, uh, it, like I said, it's episode 26 Crooked. of the Third Banner Pod. we got a special guest coming up uh, tonight to help us break down the, the opponent for the Cardinals on Friday night. Uh, Chad Bishop from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution will be joining us. Uh, so we're excited to have him on. Uh, and what do you guys got going on? What do you think? Finally, it's been a horrible off season. Nothing going Damn on. It. Nothing at all going on. We're finally here time now, though. It is finally game week for Louisville football. Friday. We have made it, boys. We have made it. We have made it. We are. uh, It's been a roller coaster getting here, man. Not much going on in recruiting this offseason for either sport. Uh, Basketball is what it is right now. And we are excited. We've been excited to start the Braum era. I don't know what basketball is. We've just been waiting and waiting and waiting. (laughs) This is definitely the longest. I mean, I'm like a, looking for a raindrop in the Sahara is what it's been like. Just looking for any kernel of anything yeah. right now. Um, but we are here. Yeah. We played Georgia Tech, who also has – I mean, their coach is, was an interim coach last year, took over, went 4-4 four and four at the end of the year, which was a really good – I mean, I thought that was a really good turnaround considering where they were before he took over. So uh, – that being said, a little bit about our opponent before we bring our guest, Chad Bishop, on from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, we uh, we played Georgia Tech. They returned 15 starters. They do have a new quarterback, Haynes King. He was a transfer out of Texas A&M. I'm going to ask Chad a bit about him because it was my understanding that, you know, they had other quarterbacks on a roster that they really thought could definitely get that starting position. So, Interesting is I'll be interested to see why they went with Haynes King. They are running back by committee team, from what I understand. Uh, Dante Smith will be their starter, but they also have Travion Cooley, a name that we definitely do remember as Louisville fans. They're starting offensive line. They have four out of five returnees. Four out of their five linemen are returners from last season. So that appears to be a strength for them. On defense, they run a base nickel, from what I understand. They uh they have both that are starting cornerbacks returning, so that is their strength on defense. Uh, they do have some transfer receivers in, some transfer linebackers from what I understand, and they have some guys filling in on the defensive line because they lost a, a key guy to the NFL last year. So I would say the strengths of this team on paper from where I sit would be offensive line and uh, running back and probably the defensive secondary. So it's going to be a really good matchup. Uh, so with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead. Chad's in the lobby. I want to bring him on so he can really kind of break down uh, Georgia Tech because nobody really knows more than him. Chad Bishop from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, uh, we appreciate you being on, man. Thank you for joining the third banner pod. 
Yeah, guys. Uh, you know, when you started that slow clap, I thought you were going to spell C H A D Chad, Chad, Chad. So a little disappointed. Uh, it's a little the direction it went, cool. but here we are. Oh, oh nice. Man. Stick around. You never know, man. It gets kind of crazy sometimes. We do a lot of impromptu. Um, that being said, man, we appreciate you joining. Obviously, the obviously Georgia Tech, Louisville on Friday. Excited. Uh, on your all's in. I'm I'm really curious about you know you you got you got Coach Key here and he's he he really turned it around last year all things considered I mean you see four and four and you might kind of think well not a big deal but under the circumstances I think it's incredible so what can we expect out of a, a out of him from your vantage point going into his first real season of football Yeah I I know what he expects and what he wants you know, he has preached uh, about a tough brand of football about a disciplined brand of football um those those are sort of the expectations I don't know if we see that game 1 if we see that game 7 if we don't see that until year 2 of the Brent Key era I mean there there's going to be some roster turnovers you guys touched on with some of the transfers you know just like Jeff Brom is going through um, but the, I, the difference is with Brent Key is, is he's been around as assistant coach a few years, obviously an alum. He was the interim coach and won four games last year. Uh, a lot of the returning players took to social media last year and, and sort of, I don't remember the specific hashtag, but basically, you know, stumped for him to become the full-time head coach. So he certainly has the support of the locker room. Uh, so, you know, I, he's a former offensive lineman and a former offensive line coach. And I know you touched on the offensive line being a strength. He would hope that's the case as well. I don't know if they're going to be a run heavy team in year one just because of the way the roster is shaped. But I think over time, they'll probably want to going to be a very tough, you know, physical team that uh, opponents dread to play week in and week out. I did see where when they rushed last year, for over 150 yards, they went five and zero, and when they rushed for under 150 yards, they went zero and seven. So, so that will be something from a Louisville standpoint. I'm gonna really be watching the run. How well do we pack the line of scrimmage to stop that? Uh, Chad, one more question, and I'm sure other people have questions as well. So I don't want to take all the questions, but I did want to ask about quarterback Haynes King. Now, I, I alluded to it when we introduced the the episode, but it's my understanding it was a little bit of a surprise that he got the starting position. Is that correct? It was a surprise to me. I don't have any problem saying that. I mean, everything we, we saw in the spring, everything we heard in the summer, the narrative, the quotes, um, led me personally to believe that Zach Pyron would be the guy. I mean, he, he played a little bit last year, was the returning kid. Yeah, he's, he's only a true sophomore. Um, but he, or technically a redshirt freshman, who knows how they do those things these days, right? But, uh, you know, he he really kind of, you know, won the locker room over last year and played with a lot of heart and a lot of emotion and, and really, you know, gave a spark to that Georgia Tech football team. So we thought coming in, even though he was coming off a broken clavicle, that, that he would be the guy. But, you know, you don't bring in transfers to be backups. And, and Haynes King came in in January and he's fought, you know, for the past six, seven, eight months to win that job. And, uh, Brent Key will tell you that it was a competition since January, but I think we've seen the writing on the wall that the, the preseason couple of weeks of camp Haynes King really came on, really showed his leadership, really showed his, uh, his veteranship. If that's a word, uh, a guy who's played in the sec for a long time and um, showed in some scrimmages that he can take the team down the field in pressure situations. And they think, 
he gives them the best chance to win, at least in the outset of the 2023 season. Awesome. Uh, Chad, Patrick, uh, Kelly here. Thanks for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, you know, what we're talking about transfers here and in the transfer portal era, you're probably going to see someone who used to play for your team on the other team. Um, and in our case, you know, you guys got Travion or, or now Trey Cooley. Um, what, what's the word on him? Um, and, and will he see some time in this game or, or in the season at all, do you think? Yeah, he's, he's going to start Friday's game as the backup. Dante Smith will be the starting running back. Uh, from, from what we've seen in the practices we've been able to attend and what we've been able to witness, he was a little banged up early August. Now, he this, this past week, he was out there full participation. So I expect him to play Friday night. Uh, Brent Kia said numerous times it'll be running back by committee. They have Dante Smith returning, leading rusher, or the leading, the returner who ran for the most yards last year. Uh, Trey Cooley, uh, Jamal Haynes is a kid. They moved from wide receiver to be a running back, and they got some talented freshmen coming in. So I think early on in this season, they're, Tech's going to try to figure out who's going to be that bell cow. Uh, it's Dante Smith on paper, but you know, you guys have seen Trey Cooley have some 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 flashes, right? And he's shown some talent uh, in years past with the Cardinals, sure. So, you know, he could be the guy at year's end, but I, I think it'll be Dante Smith number one. Maybe that involves into a one-two punch. Maybe Trey Cooley, when he's fully healthy, becomes that guy in the end. But, but I expect him to play Friday and uh, make his debut for Tech against the Cardinals. Um, I wanted to touch on uh, just – you know, how did how did summer camp and how did how, how has fall practice gone for GT thus far? What What is the vibe around the locker room? What is the vibe that you get uh, around this team? It, there's a cautious optimism, you know, I mean, I've, I've covered some coaching changes before in my career. Sometimes it's taking over a program that's won eight, nine, ten games and you're just handed the keys to the, the Corvette. Right. And sometimes it's a you know, at Vanderbilt, I, I covered the transition from Derek Mason to Clark Lee, and I always said that wasn't year one. That was like year negative one for that program. I mean, they were so far in the hole. Uh, this to me is different because, you know, Brent Key, was he's been here, and he won four games. Yeah, he, he wasn't happy with going four and four and finishing five and seven, but, uh, you know, he, he was here, and he has a lot of the guys back from last year. And, he, yeah, he, got, he brought in some new assistant coaches and some transfers, but I think they're hopeful that the momentum they created in October and November of 2022 carries over into, into 2023. It's There's not a, a ton of newness. There's not a ton of unknowns. Uh, there's a lot of guys back, uh, a lot of coaches who have been here before who came back. And so there's definitely some cautious optimism that if they play to the level that they played at times in October and November of last year, throughout the 2023 season, they can be a six, seven, eight win team. Gotcha. Um, hitting on key. I know he's a former offensive lineman. Um, you return four out of five starters on this, uh, on the O line. How does he feel about his unit? I, I would assume he's pretty hands-on with that unit. How does he feel about that unit? And what, what is their, what are their strengths as a, as a unit? Are they a better pass pro uh, offensive line. I, I know you said it's going to be more running back by committee, and they might not run the ball as much as they wanted. But are, are they are they going to be a good run block team, or are they going to be more pass oriented this year? In in your opinion, uh, I think 
they'll probably rely on the pass in 2023. I, I don't know if that is what they will become over time. Uh, Buster Faulkner, a former offensive coordinator at places like Middle Tennessee and Arkansas State, he was a quality control coach at Georgia the last three years, former you know college quarterback and star high school quarterback himself. Uh, he, he's more prone to the pass. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to run it, but I think with this year's roster with Haynes King coming in, uh, they got a bevy of transfer wide receivers. Uh, I think they'll rely on the pass a little bit more. Yeah, there's a lot of offensive linemen back, but I don't I don't know if anybody's completely positive or sure how they're going to mesh together and how they're going to uh, adapt to this new offense. Maybe they surprise everyone and they go out there and they dominate in the run game and this team you know, runs for 200 yards a game. And I think over time, like you alluded to, Brent Key is going to want an offensive line that is big and physical and, and one of the best in the ACC. I don't right. know if it's there right now. Um, you know, it's funny. We talk about returning starters a lot of time and everybody sort of thinks that's a positive sometimes in programs. That's, I'm not saying that's the, the case with tech. Right. But, um, y- you know, just because an offensive line is returning doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, 10 times better than they were a year ago. Maybe it's just the right. case that they're, they're still on the roster. Right. So uh, we'll see yeah. how, how they shape up. We'll see what his recruiting does year after year to make that offensive line what he wants. It's funny you mentioned him being an offensive line coach. I've been out of practice a couple of times, and he's still in that offensive line position group, you know, in their faces. And it's like if someone's got to pull him back and remind him he's the head coach again, right? But he's going to demand a lot from that group. We'll see how they right. perform on Friday. Right. Staying in the trenches, um, you know, defensive line, switching to the other side of the ball, um, <laughs> Anybody just tuning in, we got Chad Bishop here from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, again, appreciate you joining us here. Uh, the defensive line, um, where does that stand for Georgia Tech? And, you know, I, I ask that because we as Brom fans, Louisville fans, we all know how much the Brahms love to throw the ball, right? And that's the perception. But really – they really do take a lot of pride on running the ball. And I think this year, like you're saying in your case uh, with Georgia Tech and how Brent Key would love to be physical and run the ball, um, that's kind of like his identity as a coach. Brom would like to be uh, very flashy and throw the ball, but I think this year we probably will lean more on the running backs this year because that's a strength of our team. Um, where does where does Georgia Tech's front seven, and particularly the D-line, how do you see this faring in the game on Friday? Tech's defensive line, much like the offensive line, a lot of guys back, they probably can go too deep in terms of guys who can rotate in and out. Uh, a lot of returning players, a lot of, of older guys, honestly, who have been there a long time and have made a lot of plays, and a lot of guys who are expected to take their game to the next level, possibly be you know, even NFL draft picks. A lot of folks talk about Keon White, who graduated and got drafted by the New England Patriots, but they got a lot, got a lot of guys back on that unit. And, and so I don't know how well they're going to do stopping the run, but I do know one thing they need to get after that quarterback, whether it's Louisville uh, and Jeff Brom's offense and Jack Plummer, whether it's going up against Drake May and UNC or any of the ACC quarterbacks who we all know are, are very, very good week in and week out. This team, to me, no matter who's on that defensive line, no matter how deep it is or how talented it is, if they don't get after the quarterback, it's not going to matter a lot. And I know that's going to be their focus on Friday night because, like you said, I mean, Braun Ball is is predicated on on flashy plays and big-time explosive plays and a lot of points on the board. So if Tech can't 
you know, make Plummer get off his spot and make him uncomfortable, uh, it's going to be a big time disappointment for that tech crew. But uh, I think that defensive line is strong starting out the season. They're very deep. Uh, they're, they're a veteran group. And I know they're hoping to be one of the strengths of that defense, even though the secondary is, is very good as well. I I am looking forward to Daquan Dallas versus Brian Hudson. I think that's the matchup of the game for me because that's obviously our preseason All ACC center, and he'll he'll get a lot of Daquan Dallas. It's my understanding he's probably your best returning defensive <laughs> tackle, but it's also my understanding you guys have, and his name escapes me, and I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. But your other starter is I believe six foot six, like three hundred thirty something pounds. <laughs> monster so uh who is that i can't his name's escaping me oh i i, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head either okay. because uh, like i said they got uh you know i could google it real quick but i'm not going to be distracted they again they got so many returning guys uh from a year ago but yeah i i, I you know you're right with uh, i remember talking to hudson at acc media day just a great young man and mm-hmm. excited about the matchup so yeah certainly i mean this game we've talked about quarterbacks and coaches but uh, you guys are on point. I mean, in the trenches, the offensive lines with the defensive lines are really probably going to dictate how this one goes. Yeah. Yep. Chad, we we talk about uh, – go ahead, Ash. Oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, Patrick. Uh, one of the things that I was curious about um, is what the pulse in in the Atlanta area and in the, in the Georgia Tech uh, fan base is right now with all of the uh, scuttlebutt around off the field with the conference association and everything. Uh, and, and all the news that's been going around with the conference potential expansion and things like that. What's kind of the pulse of the fans uh, down there and what are people saying around town? You know, I think it's like most ACC fan bases. It's just, it's kind of shrug of the shoulders. Like I, I don't, I, nobody really quite understands why this is happening. You know I mean? It yeah. seems, it seems very silly. It's like, you know, all the other conferences are doing it. So I guess the ACC is going to do it too. I mean, uh, we haven't had too much public comment from Jay Bat, Georgia Tech Athletic Director. Brent Key has has sort of given the company line that he backs the ACC and he's excited, you know, to follow with whatever they do. Um, but but I, you know, it's just I think it's really just a shrug of the shoulders and a shake of the head from a lot of the the Georgia Tech fan base and as well as the ACC fans in Atlanta. It's just, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't move the needle. No one's getting excited about the potential of having to travel to stanford california to watch a friday night football game i mean it just doesn't uh, you know t- I, I don't know i mean um trying not to be cynical and negative about the thing but i just think it's sort of a it, it's very silly to everyone who reads it and watches it and tries to pay attention to it i don't think anyone's excited about the prospect of the possible three teams that could be joining the league uh, around the league and i don't think that's any different in atlanta i'm excited about the money <laughs> we don't see any of that money yeah. you know i'm not getting yeah. a paycheck so i mean yeah yeah i, I know a, but the athletic a, departments do and, and i yeah. mean i'm excited about that because louisville we have we're not crunched for money but we could always use more money with what we got going on right now yeah. you know what i mean sure, sure. i mean so. and that, we we all know that's that's what drives this i mean uh, yeah. it, it's a money game and whatever can, you know, fill the pockets of the athletic departments is, is the direction athletic departments are going to go. So I, I, from, from all accounts, tech is not against this move and uh, maybe they're not all completely for it, but they're certainly not against it. Good. Pat, I know you had a question. Yeah. We, we were talking about strengths and, and, you know, uh, of the teams earlier. And I'm assuming from, from the research I've done that, 
Georgia Tech's big strength is the secondary, particularly the, the cornerbacks. Um, would you agree with that? And, and then what would you say is the, the major weakness of the Georgia Tech team going into the season? Yeah, definitely. And, and sort of like we were saying with, you know, returning offensive linemen, Georgia Tech's secondary is certainly a strength. Now, is that because of how talented and good they are? Or is that because teams are just running the ball a ton and not not testing that mm-hmm. secondary? I, I think we'll find out even more so this year. But they, they played really well in 2022. And, and LaMiles Brooks, the safety, is, is the leader of that group. Um, if he has a big year, he's going to be an NFL prospect. He was at, you know, the ACC football kickoff and, and a great young person. Um, so I, I think they want to sort of have their strength on the back end moving forward. The weakness right now, because we just don't know about it, is the linebacking core. And you know, they lost two great ones off the 2022 squad. So they went to the transfer portal, brought in a, a, a grad transfer from Minnesota, a grad transfer from Texas A&M, a young man by the name of Paul Moala, who started his year at Notre Dame or started his career at Notre Dame, went to Idaho of all places, had an outstanding season, and now is probably going to start for Georgia Tech on Friday. So there's a lot of moving pieces there at that linebacker position. We've talked about all these defensive groups. The defensive line could be great. The secondary could be great. If that linebacker spot is a weakness, that, that's going to be a problem, right? So we'll see yeah. how they sort of pan out on Friday night. Um, I, I say it's a weakness just because we don't know a ton about them right now until we see them, and we'll, we'll find out again Friday night moving forward. Yeah, U of L is kind of in a similar spot with our linebacking group. Uh, we know that we have a lot of talent there. Uh, our our linebacking coach Mark Ivy, who was a holdover from the last staff, um, and Brom have been very complimentary of the of the linebackers. But there's just a lot of unproven there. There's not a lot of returning snaps. So we're kind of in a similar uh, we're kind of in a similar situation. So we you know we 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 get that. Um, in regards of going on the other side of the ball, talking about uh, Georgia Tech's secondary, I want to talk about the matchup with U of L's wide receivers. Uh, a lot of the fans here in Louisville expect our, the wide receivers this year to be able to make a ton of plays. Um, so I was curious, you know, as far as how do you see? I don't know how much homework you've done on, on U of L's wide receivers. We've got at least two guys coming in that are, are fresh and they're probably going to play a lot of snaps on Friday. Um, then we've got a guy like Chris Bell who didn't play a lot last year, but from all that we've understood, he's had a heck of a camp. Um, he's big. He's very physical. He's very athletic. He's fast. He's kind of in that AJ Brown mold. Um, he, he presents a, a matchup problem. How do you see, uh, Georgia Tech's corners being able to to match up against Louisville's wide receivers. I, I think they're going to do fine. I, I don't know if you know they're going to shut them down. And and having covered Jeff Brown previously in my career, he's going to find the holes and and all the wide receivers that everybody's expecting to make plays. He's probably got some on his notepad that nobody's expecting to make plays, and he's going to get them the ball because I, I'm sure he's done. You know, we all know he's done his his homework and he knows who to throw away from and which matchups to go away from. But I think. Jeff Brom also does a great job of knowing, again, where to find the holes in the defense, some guys to get the ball to that maybe nobody's talking about, or maybe the third, the fourth receiver, if they're going four wide or five wide. Um, so I, I definitely think it's going to be um, just very interesting to see 
how that plays out. You know, who, which corner is on which receiver, right? How many times those, those fields are are flipped from right to left and left to right. Uh, How many times Jeff Brom takes those shots down the field? How many times he tests those Georgia tech safeties, or is it a lot of short throws, a lot of unders, a lot of draw plays, a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, short routes and crosses and slants to sort of get Georgia Tech's DBs off the rhythm. Because like we've been saying, that secondary is is definitely a strength for Georgia Tech. So how is Jeff Brom and company going to sort of counteract that? What are they going to do to get Georgia Tech's secondary to sort of double think what they're doing with their game plan? Right. Um, yeah. I, I'll say one more thing uh, before we get off here. Uh, let, you, let, let you go, I should say. Um, Louisville fans, I, I am a stand for Travion Cooley. I think he's a very talented young man. I thought, I think he always was. I think he's a guy that no matter the scheme, he can, he can excel. Um, that being said, he was hard to, uh, for fans in Louisville to be a fan of. He's constantly cryptic tweeting and taking to social media have you noticed that? Like, have you noticed those cryptic? We call them cryptic Cooley tweets. Uh, have you seen this? And are you aware of this? I'm not, but I'm going to go do that as soon as we get offline here. I'll tell you, man. With the with the new the new Twitter, right? Like, I'm just I'm just not on it as much. I just like hard to use and like. Yeah. yeah. I was I was on it today, and I had some direct messages from some colleagues that were two days old, and I just didn't even. I had never even seen them, and so like. Yeah. There's no tweet deck anymore. I'm not paying for that stuff, you know? So like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even know. I don't fall. Uh, I'll have to go look and see what he's saying. I'll be curious to see if there's any chatter from that young man ahead of Friday. Right. I mean, he's going against a lot of his guys and his, his former yeah. team, or if he's, he's been told to keep quiet. I know we, we haven't been able to talk to him in the media partly because he's been banged up and a lot mm-hmm. of the transfers are, sh- are sort of off limits before they make their debut. But, um, yeah, man, well, it's, it's, uh, We'll see. We'll see. We'll go to a social media page here in a minute and see if he's having yeah, any trash talk. He was a good. He was a really good player with a lot of potential. He just couldn't stay healthy for us. And then I think he always longed to to go closer to home. Georgia mm-hmm. Tech. I was surprised he didn't go to NC State, but yeah. Nonetheless, it'll be an interesting matchup. Uh, I wanted to thank you, Chad. Chad for being on. Chad Bishop, Georgia Tech beat writer, Land Journal Constitution, joined us tonight. Broke down Georgia Tech. If you just now join us, uh, feel free to, after we're done here, just rewind it back, listen. He had a lot of good information for us. And, Chad, do you have any final thoughts for the matchup? Give, give us, Chad, before you go so we can we can disagree with you when you get off the air here. Give us, give us a game prediction, a, a yes. score prediction for yes. Friday. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to give you a score prediction. Oh, come on, Chad. Come on, Chad. I'll tell you why. There's just, there's, I have no problem. This is not a cop out. There's just, there's too much unknown in this game. Like, I, I agree with Haynes King, who has said it all week. There's two new coaches, there's new quarterbacks, there's transfers everywhere. Um, I'm a little bit more confident in Louisville because I have seen Jeff Brom over the years and I know what he can do and I know the talent they have on that roster. And they were a, a bowl winning team a year ago. So probably from that, and you know, Jack Plummer, I give the edge to Louisville for that reason. Um, but I, I don't know if Louisville is going to cover that seven and a half, eight and a half. I don't know what the heck to expect from Georgia Tech's offense. I don't know if it's going to be 17-14 or 47-44. I'm really just, again, not a cop out. I swear if this were week seven, I'd be all in. I'd give you a score. 
I don't know. What I do know is that I miss Kentucky and I miss bourbon. And if you guys can bring me some, that would be great. <laughs> Sounds Shane. good, man. Sounds Shane, good. We can do that, buddy. We can do that. We can do that. All right. Chad, All right, thank guys. you. Thank you so much, man, for being on tonight. See ya. Good luck Thanks, Friday, Chad. but not too much. <laughs> All right. That All was right. great. Hey. I was glad that he came on. Thanks, Ross, for reaching out to Chad. Yeah, uh, folks, if that. you if you like that interview, follow Chad on Twitter or X, I should call it, uh, at Mr. Bi- Mr. Chad Bishop on X. I give him a follow so that you know. He can bump his numbers and, and he can keep up to date with other people in the conference. Speaking and, and of that, Chad, you still live in Bowling Green, is that right? That is he correct. Yeah. Speaking he, of speaking he, of liking, uh, feel free to like, subscribe, follow the Third Banner Pod if you're not already on YouTube on X. I guess it's called now. I, I'll never I'll never get used to that. It's but Twitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know our graphics even have the old logo now. Uh, that that all being said, I'm kind of with Chad. I've been very nervous about this game. I've been very nervous, which it's the first game. I I am all I completely empathize with those Louisville fans that are like, hey, it's a first, it's Jeff Braun, man. We're gonna go in there and we're gonna just beat the brakes off of them. I understand why that is a very uh, attractive thing. Obviously, as a Louisville fan, the, the more we win by, the better time we have. I also understand a lucrative idea because Jeff Brom usually lights up the scoreboard. And I also think because things have gone so slow this offseason with recruiting in both sports, and then, of course, we've had some you know, not-so-fortunate events happen in basketball, I think sometimes we really are looking like, Man, we need football, and that's unfair. That's unfair to Jeff Brom in a way, but that's just the truth. It, it's it's brought more pressure, more adversity to him to perform well and fast. I've seen Mike Rutherford refer to it on his show and say it's not fair, but we really need Jeff Brom to win. Yeah. And I say all that to say I'm a little nervous because I think they've got some tools to work with, and I certainly understand we do. I just, you know, being down there in Georgia, it's it's just a weird game. It's just a weird game when you have a coach that was an interim last year and he comes in. And even hearing Chad say, well, actually, they plan on passing the ball a lot. Well, that's news to me because the whole <laughs> everything I've been researching about, and I was thinking, you know, they're going to be a run-first team and that we're going to have to, you know, load up the line of scrimmage, which I still think we're going to have to do. I think in order to really disrupt Georgia Tech's offense, with the offensive line being a stream, I think we are going to have to be aggressive and blitz. And I, I I hope Ron English is willing to do that. I know Jeff Brom this offseason has said we are going to be more aggressive. And I hope that's true because at Purdue, that was not the case. So mm-hmm. I certainly hope because I don't think if we're, if our plan is just to rush four guys every down and then you know the rest of our guys just sit back there, That'll make me a little nervous. So hopefully we bring the pressure. I think that's very important. And on offense, and I'll pass it off to you guys, I think it's very important that we run the football. I know everybody says pass, pass, pass for Jeff Braun, but I do think, and I think we should some. I'm not saying not to pass it, but I think we need to emphasize the run. I think with a defensive line and linebacking core that doesn't return as much, that doesn't mean they don't have potential to be really good, but we know on paper that they have really good cornerbacks. So the cornerback-receiver matchup is going to be really good, really interesting to see. 
but I think we really need to establish the run first. And I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. Well, I, I would say that, um, you know, first game of the season, you go into the season and you're, you're either going to overestimate or underestimate your team. Uh, there's not many times where, where you're spot on saying, Hey, we're going to do this. And that's what the team does. Cause there's a lot of unknowns, <laughs> um, you know, and, and after last year, when I, I don't know how you guys felt, but e- even with Satterfield going into that Syracuse game, I was like, man, we're going to beat the brakes off of these guys and it's going to set us up. Our schedule sets up well, and, and we're going to, you know, start off four and oh, five and oh, whatever it was. Um, and then, then you have this big letdown. So, so this year I'm taking the cautious approach. I think we're really good, but I, I'm not saying we're going to beat the brakes off of Georgia Tech. Um, I'm with you, Kyle. I think running the football is going to be key here. I mean, big boy football um, is all about setting the tone um, at the line of scrimmage, which usually means using the run to open up the pass, open up the play action. And we've got the running backs to do that. Gerard Jordan, I think, is a potential all-ACC performer. Uh, Maurice Turner's going to really surprise people this year and, and break out. Um, and, and the offensive line is its different than last year, but it's an experienced group when you talk about the guys we have returning and the guys we're bringing in from, you know, Power 5 uh, programs. So I think, you know, with the big bodies up front and the, the running backs we have, we got to set the tone uh, and, and run the ball to, to then open up the, the passing game. Well, um, I, I, you know, I have been very cautious about this game all summer. Back when we did our prediction show, this was the one that I picked us to lose, just because you have to pick some to lose, really. Uh, and this is one that being on the road the first game of the year with a new coach, you know, a quarterback that's coming in here, he's playing his first game with his new teammates uh, and a new, you know, a new city and everything. Uh, we've got a lot of receivers that we're heavily counting on that are new to the program. This is their first game in Cardinal uniform. So I, I, I think with all the things that are new, I, I'm very nervous about this particular game and think that, you know, with the secondary being a strength, for Georgia Tech, I think there's a lot of possibility that this game could be uh, a game where we may falter a little bit and it may actually cause, you know, some fans to be like, oh, throw up the caution flag early. But if we drop this game, this is not going to startle me too much uh, because there's, like I said before, there's so much new to the program that I don't know that it should be expected that we go in there and win this first game at a conference foe. Uh, on the road uh, like this. I just think that there's a lot, you know, working against us in this game. So I think that this could be one that that we may trip up and we may drop it, uh, but that doesn't mean that we won't still have, you know, a nine or 10 win season and have a very good year uh, moving on. But I do think that this is a very tough game and one that we could potentially drop. So I'm very worried about this game. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still confident. Okay, so like anybody that's ever played football, like you got these dudes. We're getting all these reports out of practice. They're chewing each other's heads off. They're getting after it. They're going to come out like a rabid, rabid animal 
they are ready to unleash against somebody else. Brom and this staff has this team primed and ready to go. That's where I'm at. Like, so I, I'm not, I'm not too nervous. That being said, uh, he was very, Chad was very confident in Georgia tech's ability to cover the pass um, and the DB's abilities to play. Um, I think that is something uh, that is, that'll be something to watch. Um, the one thing that I did take away from him that is that the O-line, while that, yes, they return four out of five starters, his opinion that I got, and this is, this is how I'm translating and how I'm deciphering that is that's not necessarily a good thing that, that, that line is not where they want it. Um, they, if they had their, their choice, they probably could have landed some, better uh, transfers and did not. Um, that's something that UofL did do after spring practice. We, we were able to bring in um, some guys and imp- improve the, the unit significantly on the O-line. Um, so with one of our strengths being on the defensive line is we know Gelati's going to have a heck of a year. Uh, Destel's going to have a heck of a year. We got Brom talking about guys like Adonijah Green, uh, as far as freshmen that are going to get snaps, uh, you got Popeye Williams. I'm actually very confident that we're going to get pressure on Georgia Tech and we're going to really disrupt a lot of their offense. That being said, uh, I think that it could be close and Vegas actually might have this spread uh, pretty pretty close where it needs to be. Uh, within these first three weeks. You know, if you're ever going to hit Vegas for money, it's generally those first three weeks because they don't have all the data uh, to throw in all their algorithm machines and blah, 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 blah. Um, But it's sounding like they might be really close right here on that seven and a half. Um, I would expect some more money to come in on UofL as we get closer to the game uh, tonight, uh, tomorrow, into Friday. I, I suspect that that line will be uh, around eight uh, U L. So, yeah. So, so guys, you know, we're going into the first Jeff Brom game at, at the University of Louisville here. I want to know, and I'll tell you guys what I think I'm looking for and what I'm most excited about. Um, but I want to know what change between him and Satterfield that you think is going to happen and that you're looking forward to. Personally, you know, I think people are going to say opening up the play group book, you know, throwing it down the field. I'm looking forward to seeing the intensity. And I'm not saying our, our players weren't intense last year. They, they gave it their all out there. But from the sidelines and, and, and hoping that carries over to beginning of games, because I, I feel like we struggled at the beginning of, of a lot of games last year and mm-hmm. just opening up. Uh, you know, the kickoff with a lot of intensity and, and having that carry out throughout the whole game from the coaches to the players. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm in the same yeah. boat as far as the intensity. I think that's the overall thing I'm looking forward to the most. What I really hope, and, and like I said, it's the first year, so it's not – I know some people have said, hey, we're going to win 10 games or more. Well, I hope we do, but I'm not going to bank on that. That being said, what I really hope out of the first year is to see shades of what we saw under the first tenure of Bobby Petrino, which was 
a team that just came out there well prepared and out mm-hmm. and you could just tell they were a step ahead of the other team the whole time. The offensive proficiency was just insane in that mm-hmm. first tenure. Now, people who are a little bit younger or don't remember, maybe they have bad memories. Petrino too had some good moments, but it was not the same. It was a caricature of what it used to be. Look the word up if you don't know. And it was one of those things that really disappointed me in a way because I thought for sure he showed no signs of slowing down until he got here that second time. And I'm hoping we get back to that first tenure, sort of that type of team. Not saying he needs to be exactly like him. I know the game's changed some since then. But what I mean is the swagger that we had back then, the – discipline that we had back then mm-hmm. and the ability to execute, especially the script. I'll never forget Bobby Petrino's first tenure. He scripted the first two drives of every game and you could almost bank on a scoring every single time. And I'm sure yeah. in hindsight, I could look back and point to times we didn't, but I don't remember those. All I remember is we would go out there like gangbusters and I would really like to see us play. You know what this, I'm hoping this reminds me of. We've got two new head coaches, which I know he was an interim last year. So he's he's like a, a kind of like he's got a half season under his belt. So he's got a little experience. But I remember when Louisville and UK played in I think it was 2003, but don't don't quote me on that year. But we played Rich Brooks, and they were both first year head coaches, and we really didn't know what to expect. In fact, most people thought Kentucky was going to win that game. But it was kind of the same thing where it was like, okay, they're a little bit of a favorite. We really don't know what to expect. And Bobby Petrino had us ready, and we walked into the Commonfield Stadium, and we spanked them, and we spanked them the whole game. And we won 40-24. to I remember the score, but it wasn't that close. It wasn't even that close. All we did was hold the ball. We just held the ball. We wouldn't give them the ball. It was like every single time. And I remember there was one play. I'll never forget it. It was like fourth, fourth down. Bobby Petrino goes for it. Play action fake on like a fourth and one. Play action, throws a bomb out to, I believe it was Russell, and Stefan LaForce throws a ball. We catch it. Game's over right then. I would love to see a game that reflects that sort of preparation because you can just tell when you watch that game, this guy gets it. It was like, oh, my goodness. This guy absolutely gets it, and we have ourselves a football coach. All the other things aside, we had ourselves a football coach. So I'm hoping Jeff Brom is that guy, minus all those other things that were going on, which up to this point, he's given us no reason to think otherwise as far as off the field. So I, I that's that's my ultimate goal, is to be yeah. that kind of team. And I, I just I want to spin off of that too. Like going back uh, to what – I, I can't remember who brought it up uh, after Chad got off the show, but I mean, talking, I, it, may, it, may, it may have been you, Kyle, um, talking about the, uh, it, you know, how much pressure there is on Brom to win this first game. There is not a guy or girl that I would rather have in there right now leading this football team than Jeff Brom and the Brom family. Yep. They get it. They know exactly what the pulse of the U of L athletic department is, what the pulse is around the fan base, the pulse around the town. They know how important this is. 
They know how important it is to go out and win this game, and they know how important this season is. So I, I, I'm even more comforted in that, that we have one of our own leading this charge. He, they see what is going on elsewhere in the athletic department. They get it. So this game might be somewhat close on score, but like you said, Kyle, and that whether it was 2003, 2004, whatever, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I don't, I don't, it might be a two possession game, but I think it's going to be a lot. Uh, I think the score is not going to be determinant of how the flow of the game actually really went. Yeah. Um, I think we are going to play keep away from Georgia Tech a lot. And I think there's a lot of matchups that play into our hands in this game. Uh, I do think we're going to run the ball a lot, and I don't think that they're going to be able to do a whole lot about it. And then when you get into that, that gets into the whole play-action scheming that Brom is very good at, and he's very good at making changes and making adjustments in-game. I think it's going to play right into our hands, and I have all the absolute confidence in the defense to stop their offense. I just don't think that their offense is at a point at this time where they want it to be. So I think it could be like a, a 14, 17 point game. It may seem like a lot more than that though. That's just where I'm at. Yeah. yeah and Kyle, uh, you were right. Um, that 2003 game, uh, that really set the tone for that tenure. I was actually at that game. Um, and, and my seats were in the end zone that we were uh, going away from basically on that first drive and the first two plays from scrimmage were actually negative yard plays. And I remember myself and my uncle were just looking at each other like, man, this is not a good sign. We were backed up pretty close to the end zone for that first, for, for that first third down play. Uh, and LaForce threw it a little bit overthrown and J.R. Russell made a diving catch to convert the third down. And, and it was just like, I mean, that game was over at that point. I mean, it just, that game just set the tone for the next four years And, and Ross, like you were talking about this being an opportunity, just like back then, this is an opportunity for the Brom staff to say, this is our, our program is the flagship program of this department. And even though, even though we made a final four during Petrino's first run in basketball, Petrino's teams were still the flagship program of the department. Like everything we were doing on the football field during that time felt far superior to our basketball program at that time. So it, uh, it felt like we were a football first uh, pro university and d- department. So, I mean, that's the same opportunity that Brom has right now to come back in and kind of uh, cement that place again. So they very, they very well may take that advantage of that again. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's not that it's like, obviously you want all your departments to do great, but it, as far as, a way to look at it if you're the Brahms and if you're on the football administration is this is a chance to get fan engagement to increase it significantly because fans are looking for a reason to get re-engaged. I do think that that kind of builds on what I said earlier with there is some pressure here. There's a lot of pressure to go out there and do well. And it's not, it's not really fair in a way because it's like, you can't really help what other programs have or haven't done, but because we're looking for something and we just 
let's be honest, most of us don't really think we're going to get it right now in basketball. We're not, we don't know where the light at the end of the tunnel is there. And maybe it's closer than we think, but for the most part, fan base is, is it's kind of, there's a lot of apathy there and, and then there's a lot of frustration. And then there's just a, a few people that get frustrated with the fans or whatever, but all that bickering aside, we're all looking for something to just cling on to. And I can tell, I can tell there's almost a desperation within this fan base for football to be exciting again, like immediately. So yeah. this is a chance, despite that pressure, to increase engagement. And I know I had a hot take. I know on buy or sell a few episodes ago, Louisville football will average 55,000 fans this year. That That is a high number. It is a very much a hot take, and I understand the likelihood on paper isn't great. I bought that because I'm hopeful that, that Jeff Brom can get us started, give this fan base something it desperately needs, and mm-hmm. then I'm hopeful that us as a fan base will turn around and reciprocate that entertainment that they provide on the football field because we need something, man. We need something. And it's a long story short to sum it up. It's a golden opportunity for this it football is. staff to get people on board that may kind of be like, ah, football is kind of a secondary thing. Or, yeah, I'll watch it on TV when there's nothing else on. Or I'll tune in sometimes to, wow, this is really entertaining. And I've been missing that in my life. I need to watch more. And I'll take it. I'll take it one step further. I'm a football first guy. I always have been. I know that our fan base and in our state that that, you know, the hardwood is king. Right. But if Louisville wants to take a next step and we want our athletic department to thrive and do its best, we need football to be that flagship program. Football is what is driving money. Football is what's driving viewership. It's doing everything. So this is a like you said, this is the golden opportunity right now for the football program and for Jeff Brom to, to take advantage of that. Yes. We have been a program traditionally that has been about basketball, but we have a lot of great building blocks and a lot of great moments uh, and tenures uh, with a lot of different coaches where football was very very influential on this fan base and it became a lot more than just basketball we need that if we're going to go in in a different direction and we want the best for our athletic department we need the football program to take that next step and i think that jeff brahm is that coach to get us there i believe that full-heartedly well the, the, the the opportunity out there is to get this place to get Cardinal Stadium to to be where Tom Jurich thought it would be when he built the flight deck and the end zone expansion you Absolutely. Know, 10 years ago. You know, we thought at that point that, you know, we've made it. We're big time. We're going to fill this thing 60 plus. You know, we're in the ACC. We're going to compete for ACC titles. And that didn't happen. You know, we, we had Petrino 2.0 kind of faltered. And then, then we obviously had uh, something about Scott come in here. And he he held it down, but he didn't reach that level. And I think, to your all's point, the opportunity that Jeff has here is he's got the buy-in from the fan base already. I mean, oh. season tickets 
are, are skyrocketed. If he can capitalize off of that, put out an exciting brand of football, win football games, we can see what Tom Jurich envisioned, what Howard Schnellenberger envisioned. Yes. And, and we can put ourselves, you know, at the upper tier uh, of the college football landscape. It, it's not going to happen overnight, but we, we can get there, I think. Yeah, I definitely believe that. And, you know, I mean, you know, that's this is the time. Like, this is the golden opportunity for this is the changing of the guard that could happen with our athletic department right now. And this it's what we need. I, I will say that again. I will stand by that. I have been saying it. We need our football program to be the flagship program of our athletic department because that is what matters. That is what drives money. That is what drives viewership. That That is everything right now. And, yes, our basketball program is always going to make money. It will always make money. All right? That is a plus. But your basketball program in this day and age, in this culture of television, conference realignment, and everything else, your basketball program cannot be the thing that is driving your athletic department. It cannot be. It cannot be. We were not grandfathered into a conference. You know, we, we, we weren't in a Big Ten. We weren't in an SEC to just start out. We've always fought for what is ours, and we're still doing that. We need our football program to come through, and Jeff is going to be the guy that does it. So, All right. So I want to say real quick, like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, the Third Banner Pod here on YouTube. Follow us on X and Facebook. That being said, guys, we got a few minutes left. I wanted to get some final predictions for the Louisville-Georgia Tech game. Pat, I'll start with you. All right. I think, you know, first game of the Brom era, he's going to want to show the fan base and the, the college football world, ACC, what we're about. We're going to come out early, score early, get a big turnover, uh, score again. So we're, we're going to start with a 14-0 lead, and, and I think we're going to cruise from there. I'm going with a 48-28 to 28 prediction for the final score. Ash? You know, guys, I still kind of am very nervous on this game. Um, I'm going to say 27-24. We're going to drop it. Dang. Uh, Ross? So, I, I've i been confident. I've been confident the whole time. I think we come out with a ton of energy. I think we capitalize early. I think that the flow of the game, we will see that Georgia Tech finds some footing uh, in the second quarter. Uh, they bring it back a little close. Depending on who wins the coin toss, who gets the ball first, third quarter. I think for the most part, we win the first and the fourth quarters. Um, we win pulling away. Uh, I see a 42-24 game, something like that, 42-20. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, so uh, we will see, but I, I, I am confident. I am very confident. I'm so confident. I'm not even a big better, but I have I hit that spread months ago. I might even put another bet in again uh, with that seven and a half. Um, that, 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 that half point is kind of juicy. You know what I mean? So, um, I might double down. So I am going to go with, we see a barn burner for the, for 
most of the game. I don't think either offense is going to be as proficient. And I know a Jeff Brom offense, I don't have any doubt that throughout the season we are going to be very proficient. But I'm interested in the first game, especially with a new quarterback for both teams. I, I think it's going to be a bit more of a defensive show than, than we would normally think. That's just my guess, though. I'm kind of like Chad. Chad said I could see anything from 44 to 40 to 17 to 10 or whatever he said, something like that. I could see – I mean, it's it's a lot of unpredictable variables, but but I'm just thinking that we're going to be up like three points in the fourth quarter. We'll get a late touchdown, and we'll win something like 27 to 17. I think we're going to see glimpses of what this offense could be, I think our defense is going to play pretty well. But overall, that, that's what I'm going with. Uh, good guys, 27, Georgia Tech, 17. And a cryptic Cooley tweet from Travion Cooley at the end of the game saying, you oh. had my back then, what now? Something oh. like that. One of those, uh, one of those tweets where it gets on the message boards and you're thinking, what does this mean? <laughs> Well, see, I, I think Brom's going to put on such a show that Nolan Smith's going to be in his office Monday interviewing for a assistant coach spot. Oh, man. We're not going there on the football episode. Uh, no. But, uh, I, I, I mean, to me, I'll take it even a step further. Like, I think that we, I think that we will see Georgia Tech kind of start to make a run at it. Like, it gets within 10 in the third quarter. And then we get a very um, we get a very timely turnover forced uh, forced turnover by the defense. I don't know who's gonna I don't know who's gonna do it, but I just think that I think that our offense will be ready to go. I think if we take care of the ball, Plummer doesn't throw picks. Um, that's that's really what I'm most worried about. Uh, I've heard Brom say a few things a couple different times about we need Plummer to be uh, to pick his his spots, uh, not to go out there and be the gunslinger that a lot of us have maybe thought he was going to be, but just to be very smart with the ball, take care of the ball, take your chances when they're there, uh, don't throw a lot of picks. I think we'll win the turnover battle, and I think that that'll be the the that'll be the changing of the game late in the third quarter going to the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, I think we'll pull away fourth quarter. Like I said, 42, 24, 42, 20, something like that. All right. So if you didn't get to watch at the beginning, Chad Bishop, uh, Georgia tech beat writer for Atlanta journal constitution joined us. Uh, we, we are pumped for Friday, less than two days away. We'll be sitting there watching the game as we speak, hopefully in good moods. Ah. Uh, that being said, we uh, need to really kind of wrap this up. So any real quick final thoughts, fellas, before we get off here? Yeah, I mean, I saw the comments, but, uh, you know, I'm just trying to stay on uh, uh, consistent. I picked us to go 10-2 and two earlier in the summer whenever we did our prediction show, and this was one of the two that I said back then. So 10-2 and two wouldn't be too bad. Uh, so if we drop this one, I'll still take that 10-2. and two. So uh, all right. can't, we can't win them all. I'll just say I can't wait till the one and O podcast next week. Right oh, on. All man. right. We, thank you all I'm for so watching. Excited. Thank you all I'm for so watching. Excited. Thank you all for participating in the chat. Like I said, feel free to like and subscribe. Till next time. Hopefully we come back after a win. Go cards. Go cards. Go cards. Go program, baby. Heard banner. Let's go.